welcome. Welcome to our worship service from the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, for this Sunday, June 27th. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship here in person and online. We're worshiping on campus, so if you feel comfortable with the stage of life we are in the pandemic to join us, you are more than welcome to join with us. If you are vaccinated, which we hope everyone is making an effort to become, you are welcome to join us without any masks, and you will not need to keep a, a physical distance from one another. If you are not vaccinated, though, or a youngster under 12, you are asked to wear a mask and, and keep the, the new three-foot version of physical distancing. We want to respect everybody's sensitivity about physical distancing while sitting or while talking their willingness to hug or to not hug, so please be sensitive to the messages uh, your neighbors may be giving you as to how close they want you to be snuggling up um, at this point of life. And if you are vaccinated, though you just want to feel more comfortable with a mask on, please feel free to do that. Be, be what feels comfortable to you to do. Um, the bell ringers are with us this morning, and you will see that some of them are with masks and some are without, so they are modeling a good protocol behavior for us. We're, we're thankful for that. Uh, we're wanting to keep our sign-in uh, process going here as we move forward in the Sundays. We want to know who is joining us for worship. So if you are with us online or you are with us here in person, just take the all of 15 seconds that it takes to uh, register your attendance with us to sign in so that we know uh, that you are with us, who we are, are uh, with online in particular is, is somewhat of a mystery to us. So we're, we're hoping to uh, get a sense of the gathering family, the regathering family again. So please uh, take the time to do that for us. Uh, the health, all those health questions are gone. It's a very simple form of just uh, um, registering your, your name, signing in your name, and then if you have a message to pass on to us, um, uh, there's a little box for you to do that. Good way for us to stay in touch with one another and to, to know what might be your emerging concerns. All right then, let us uh, center ourselves and be at worship. celebrate the work of God through the people called the United Methodist in the California Pacific Conference. Last week, the lay and clergy delegates of the conference met via Zoom to discuss the connectional ministries. Today, we gather in our worship to share our impressions of that gathering, and more specifically, to underscore our partnership with Christ Jesus in working towards accomplishing God's will among us and in our varied communities. Let us pray. 
holy God, be with us in this time of worship, that we might open our hearts and minds to your holy word, that being nurtured and inspired by it, we would be led into truer discipleship and greater faithfulness. In your son's name and for your purposes, amen. Good morning. This is the time in our worship service where I take an opportunity to talk directly to our children. And I like it when we're sitting face to face and we're together, but it is probably clear to you right now that we aren't together. I'm actually down in San Diego right now, and possibly at this very moment, preaching at San Diego United Methodist Church. For those of you who don't know, San Diego United Methodist Church is the church where McKenna and Hunter's cousin is the pastor and the church where my parents are members. So it's kind of cool that we are reminded that while we attend specific churches, we're all part of a larger community of faith. We're all part of God's kingdom. And as I get to tend to McKenna and her family, her cousin is tending to my parents. And we're reminded that we are united and we all belong to each other. That's actually part of our theme for today's Sunday School lesson. Today in Sunday School, you're going to talk about community and belonging. Maybe from a story that is a little surprising to you. It's the story of the Tower of Babel. And you're going to look at it in a different way today. You're going to look at it in terms of how this this story may be the invitation from God to remind us that we're all loved, that we're all special, that we're all unique, even if we are different. So the gifts of different languages and different eyes and different noses all help us to remember that we are a larger family. We're not just like all of like those people who look and sound just like us but our community is larger and that everyone is a beloved child of God who belongs in community. I hope that this time in Sunday school will be one that will allow you to explore and allow you to see the ways in which you can celebrate the idea of belonging. Our lesson talks about the word belong, meaning to know that you are accepted and included into God's family. I hope we can find ways to include each other and those that we meet into God's family as well. Will you guys join me in a moment of prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for yesterday. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for accepting us and giving us a place to belong. Help us to make others feel welcome too. Amen.
Have a great day and head off to Sunday school. Let us center ourselves and go to God in prayer. Holy God, hear the stirrings of our spirits, the yearnings of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts as we join with one another in prayer this morning. We begin by owning up to the fact that we all too often do not measure up to your aspirations for us. We cast a shadow upon your image within us. We repent of that. And we share a moment of silence now with one another in which we go privately in our own thoughts to how it is that we might be better in your eyes to be the person you would have us be. Help us, Lord God, to live into your will and your ways for us. We ask your help in our lives with the many concerns of our comings and our goings during these challenging times of social and political stress and pandemic. Guide us in these days ahead that we would be our best selves. A light might shine through us that is of you, brightening the way of those around us. We pray for them all, all those around us who are struggling with physical or mental health issues, with troubled relationships, uncertain employment, or other forms of disease or discomfort. This morning, again, we think specifically of Linda Northrup and Kathy Drake, Pat Berner, Rachel's Aunt Betsy, Steve Blassengame, Polly Tattersall's niece, Sandy DeLong. As they all deal with their cancers, its treatments, and their life challenges due to their illnesses. Oh, Lord. Hear our prayers. We pray for Barbara Gosha's friend, Kim Andrus, 
recently diagnosed with lung cancer. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We think of Jim Lawson's daughter, Susan, as she continues to improve from her cancer treatments, yet has become very concerned about how well, indeed, that it is going. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For Bill Martin's brother, Richard Martin, recently diagnosed with ALL, a form of leukemia. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For Betty Stamen and her extended family who are grieving multiple deaths in their family, as well as praying for her sister-in-law as she battles COVID. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For Herb and his concerns about his spine hip pain and his upcoming physical therapy. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For Barbara Ghosh, as she will be having a procedure for her AFib this Wednesday, finally, we pray that all would go well for her. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For Vinia's mother, who is recovering from her stroke. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For Janet Todd's daughter, Tracy Morris, who is dealing with complications from a recent back procedure. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For Amy Hamaker, who is suffering abdominal pain issues following her battle with COVID. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. And for all of those in our community and beyond who have contracted COVID and are battling the disease. For all who are waiting and figuring out their way through the process of vaccination. For all those medical workers who are still at their stations these many, many, many months afterwards providing care and resources to all of us in the community and particularly to these patients. We ask your blessings upon all of them. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we think this morning of those who are sharing particular moments of joy with us for Jason and Jordan Surratt, who are pregnant, we celebrate their joy. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Ernie Lauer's daughter, Michelle, who has responded very, very well to her stem cell cancer treatment. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And for Kathy Goodspeed, who was named Senior of the Year last week by the City of Thousand Oaks. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We think of these people in their concerns and in their joys. And we think of others, other circumstances, other people who we have left private in our thoughts. And we raise them now in prayer.
come into these lives, Lord God, in a powerful way that helps these folk know your support, your nurture, and your healing grace. And we pray this morning, Lord God, as we do each Sunday and each day for our church. As it continues its ministries through these challenging times. And we ask for your help in maintaining our effectiveness and our vitality in your holy name. May the good that we do be pleasing in your sight. We pray this all in your holy son's name, joining in the prayer he taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears That grace appear the hour I first believed through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already reading from chapter 15 in Luke, verses 11 through 32, the parable the prodigal son and his brother. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that will belong to me. So he divided the property between them. 
A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in desolate living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took the place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went to hire himself out to one of the citizens in the country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. And he ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And let the fatted calf be killed, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called to one of the slaves and asked, What's going on? He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when, the son, when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you will always be with me, and all that I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost, and he has been found. This is God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God.
The 37th session of the California Pacific Annual Conference met last week with about 800 delegates. Why 37? Does it make sense to you? You know, we've been around Methodists in Southern California for uh, nearly 200 years, right? But each time the conference changes its boundary and changes its name, they start counting from one again as the session. So it's only been 37 years that we've been called the California Pacific annual conference, but we've been doing this thing for uh, a couple hundred years in Southern California. I think I'm right about that, a couple hundred years. About 800 delegates gathered at their computers, uh, eagerly watching what was happening, laying clergy alike. For the most part, for the most part, the technology worked and we were able to readily do our work, share our opinions and reach our decisions. And I will say that if anybody in the hierarchy of the Methodist Church is watching today, I wanna say, let's do it this way all the time. Um, there's nothing like a comfortable chair in a video screen uh, in contrast to over 100 degree weather sitting in hard, rigid chairs in a chapel. In attendance were your two clergy, Rachel and I, we were there. Actually, Rachel was down helping the, the conference actually uh, occur. She was in one of the rooms off of where the bishop was meeting in Pasadena. And our lady, four lady, represented our congregation. Nancy Moravec, Lynn Dockin, Charles Lang, and Candace Shehorn. So I invite you now to listen to their reports as Pastor Rachel, Lynn, Charles, and Candace shared their experiences and their insights with you. Last week, six of us from the church attended annual conference online as we explored the theme of parables from the pandemic. Pastor Walt and I were a little amused as we read the theme for annual conference this year, and we thought that maybe the bishop has been listening closely to what our sermon series was because this was a beautiful punctuation to the sermon series that we have been exploring. We've gone from the words of Jesus and the parables of the Bible and are invited to step out into the world and to recognize that parables are still weaving their ways into our lives and inviting us to explore how God is still speaking to us, still challenging us, and inviting us to be the church in new and profound ways. Within the theme of the parable or parables of the pandemic, we 
explored the story of the prodigal son and we had various times where we looked at how that scripture might go hand in hand with some of the things that are happening in our church and how we might live into being the people that God invite us to be. We recognize that this has been a difficult year for all of us and Bishop Hagia invited us to, to embrace a term and a theme called kintsugi, which is Japanese and the art of repairing broken pottery with gold. We talked about our lives and explored the metaphor of brokenness and that brokenness is not the end of the story and how we are all a part of God's story, being repaired, being healed, offering restoration and healing to others. We are reminded that we serve a God who is our master potter, who can restore us, and we are invited to practice spiritual renewal. Over the course of these three days of annual conference, we had many things to consider, ways in which so many of our churches within the annual conference found a new voice, found a way to be in the community as their doors were shut over the last couple of months due to the pandemic. They found ways to explain and to celebrate that their church was open just as we have ourselves. Over the next few presentations, members of our delegation are going to share the things that spoke most profoundly to them and how they see the parables of the pandemic speaking to their lives personally and speaking to our lives as a community of faith together. I hope we can see how God is piecing our brokenness back together making it even more beautiful than we could have ever imagined and maybe sprinkling a little gold dust on us along the way. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Lynn Dockin, one of your lay members to annual conference. One of the strengths of our CalPAC conference is in its diversity. Desert, mountain, seashore, valley, tropical islands, metropolis, village, small town, suburban, rural, as well as ethnic and cultural diversity. But every church wondered, as we did, how we would be the church and do church during the pandemic. We all became aware after last year's annual conference that this situation wasn't going away anytime soon. But a year later, the spirit of the CalPAC conference is one of excitement and new possibilities. We are no longer envisioning a new church we are creating and living it. Among the reports we heard were three that stood out as excellent examples of those new possibilities. A number of clergy attended a leadership institute through an organization in LA called Faith and Community Empowerment, providing practical tools such as grant writing, media relations, networking, and event planning to help connect church and community to available resources. During this session, specifically for laity, CalPAC lay leader Mele Maka and Director of Connectional Ministries Aaron Hawkins 
shared a set of priorities based on listening sessions held in March. As a conference, we want to make sure we are addressing issues that are important to youth and young adults, that we help develop skills to be part of the digital community, that we improve communication between the conference and lay people in local churches, that we create a network of support for community ministries, and that we amplify the voice and participation of local church members in social justice issues. At last year's annual conference, held less than a month after the death of George Floyd and the resulting protests, a Black Church and Community Vitality Task Force was established, which has spent the year holding meetings with Black Church clergy and lay leadership, and again has developed a list of concrete proposals for repositioning and affirming congregations in the Black community. We'll share more about this in the future. The marvelous diversity of our conference was also demonstrated throughout our time together. Scripture and prayer were offered in several different languages. Vocal and instrumental music reflected multiple cultural backgrounds. Drumming from a variety of traditions with versions of Amazing Grace on a steel drum and We Are One in the Spirit from a taiko drum ensemble were part of the closing worship. Celebration of the newest holiday of Juneteenth was presented through a history lesson and moving prayer. But most impactful were the videos supporting our theme of restoration that shared ministries that expanded or grew out of the needs in local church communities during the challenges of the past year. Common themes of providing food, shelter, support to children and families, and connecting with the elderly and homebound emerged. But those services looked different for each community. One congregation assisted family reunification after jail release. Another made a thousand masks and PPE with donated fabric. One church turned an unused upstairs into an apartment for a family seeking asylum. A church helped influence a city to adopt the celebration of Indigenous Peoples Day. Congregations looked into their communities and proclaimed, this is how we can be the church. The challenge for us is how we handle our restoration to continue and expand ministries as part of our unique community. Thank you. Hello, I'm Charles Lang. I'm here to talk to you about some of the things that we saw at annual conference on our Zoom session. We did it by Zoom this year, just like we did last year, hoping to meet in person next year. Uh, it's convenient to do Zoom. You don't have to drive the two hours out to Redlands, but uh, I miss seeing the people, miss going around, seeing things around conference. But uh, it, was, it was effective, tiring but effective. The first thing I want to talk about is the bishop's quadrennial vision, his four-year vision. Bishop showed a graphic, and hopefully you're seeing that right now, of a tree titled Rooted in Jesus Christ in which making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world is the root of and foundation of the church. And communities are important to the root system of the church. Bishop Hagee said that returning from COVID safely requires that each local church have a vision of what the new church will look like. The new church must have a culture of call and focus on younger generations because in 10 years, three quarters of our 
currently active clergy will be retired. Bishop Hagee referred to um, the Young People's Worship Service, encouraging the body to provide mentors, empower young voices, and enable young people to teach and lead. Bishop Hagia invited the body to plan for all cultures, have a platform of anti-racism, and to focus on the unity of the CalPAC as an annual conference, which is open and embracing to others. Bishop Hagia re, uh, discussed the uh, Phoenix Fund, which is a supplement to the annual conference apportionment giving. Bishop Hagia explained that while annual conference is cash poor and property rich, the Phoenix Fund will turn properties into development programs, which will provide a stream of long-term endowment income. Now on to the budget. Uh, that's the part I always get to talk about. The annual conference budget for 2022 is a little over $10 million. That's a 5% decrease from the 2021 approved budget. The budget has decreased 20% over the last five years. That was what the bishop's goal was, was to try to get the budget down. The 2022 budget includes an allowance for unfunded apportionments of about a million five, around 14% of the budget, but which our shortfall is about 4%. So we need to focus on that, work on apportionments, and keep our church strong. Follow this picture of this tree that the bishop has envisioned uh, for our uh, next four years. That's what he wants to see. We did a few other small things voting. Uh, luckily, we didn't have too much to vote on this year. Um, approved some recommendations, approved some resolutions, uh, the biggest of which was probably the, the two uh, proposals that are going to go to general conference, the uh, Christmas Covenant and uh, the, uh, what's it called, support of a protocol of grace and reconciliation through separation. And that's the one, the other proposal where churches that have uh, a more conservative view go a different direction and uh, um, the, those that are more opening and open and welcome um, stay together. We, kind of, we hope that's where the, the CalPAC conference is going. All of our churches go in that direction. That's kind of it from my part of annual conference. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of the presentations. Take care. Good morning. I would like to share my experience with you in attending the 2021 CalPAC conference. Once again, we share in the joy of seeing so many people from various areas and congregations, and each person brought a spark to the table that ignited discussions and prayers for all that we have been through in the past 14 to 15 months. Yes, there was uncertainty and fear, but there's hope. Hope that we will all be together again in person, safely, and be refreshed and renewed because of what we have been through. And although we may never be the same as a church or a congregation, we can and will be stronger in many ways. In our packed agenda, we had approximately 14 legislative items to vote on. Some were resolutions and some were recommendations. During the legislative sessions, we were directed to the CalPAC website to read and review all items put forth. 
and each person was given the opportunity to ask questions, seek clarification, and speak for or against the item. When all was stated, we took an electronic vote. Technology is great. We were able to see the outcome of the voting within less than a minute. I'll admit that some of the items were not very compelling, at least not to me. Recommendations on retiree health care plans and HRA reimbursement accounts, clergy retirement programs, salary ranges for conference staff, and campsite options. All of these were passed by a landslide. And if you want to see more, go to the CalPAC website. Then there were resolutions, two were of interest, but there really has been no change since last year. When I speak of the resolutions, bear in mind that they are directed to focusing our approach as a conference to what might be happening in the broader denomination. We're a global church with a variety of opinions, as this graphic depicts. One of the resolutions was to bring global equality through regionalization. This resolution states that the existing global structure of the United Methodist Church has historically prohibited each region from effectively tailoring its ministry to its specific local context. And because of this structure, the United Methodist Church diminishes our ability to be a vital and effective church. Therefore, a revision would be made to create a U.S. regional conference. This resolution passed 92 to 8% and was carried. Remember, it is only a resolution. The other was the support for the protocol of grace and reconciliation through separation. If you recall, there was a special general conference in 2019, and this resolution is around, around how an amicable separation would take place. I want to stress at this time, nothing has changed and will not change until the general conference takes place. Because of the pandemic, the General Conference has been delayed until 2022. However, although there is still uncertainty, CalPAC continues with a vital, thriving, multicultural and diverse ministries that are open to all people and can be a ray of hope for the worldwide United Methodist Church. It's worth mentioning that all this took place and everything that took place during the conference was based on our theological grounding, taking us back to the three types of grace. Provenient grace, God's active presence in our life, God going before us to, to prepare for us, wholeness and healing, a life of love of God and neighbor. Justifying grace, reconciliation, pardon, and restoration. Through God's work in Christ, our sins are forgiven, and our relationship with God is restored. We are justified by God's grace through faith. Sanctifying grace, through God's holiness, we grow and mature in our ability to live as Jesus lived. As we respond with compassion to human need and work for justice in our communities, we strengthen our capacity to love neighbor, all aligning to testify our union with God. During the conference, we had breakout sessions where we discussed in small groups how our churches are living up to our theological grounding. With the pandemic and the limited face-to-face -face that many had with their churches, 
It was wonderful to hear how many churches provided outreach and caring to all that needed it. Thank you. Wow, okay, thank you, delegates. Uh, some of you are here. We, we asked them to do that by video so that we could draw it all together and would not have the, the problems of adjusting cameras and all of that for, for different speakers. But uh, three of our delegates are, are here today and you might want to uh, uh, bend their ear if you want after worship. I know they'll be happy to, to chat with you if you have any questions about what you heard. I've got to hand it to Candace though for digging into Methodist theology. Uh, well done, Candace. Um, I mean, all the reports were great, but to have the courage to just to jump in on that, I thought uh, really uh, showed something. And grace is undergirding us. It has what has gotten us uh, through all of these challenges of our lives. Um, we sing "Amazing Grace," and we mean it as a uh, as a good theology, and we mean it as the life preserver that we grabbed onto uh, at one point in particular, perhaps, or at multiple points in our lives. The thing by which God has buoyed us up and restored us. The image of that broken vase was powerful for me as well. And Rachel and I will find a, a moment uh, forthcoming in the Sundays to try to dig a little deeper into that imagery. But isn't it just marvelous as an illustration of the power of God's grace to heal us? And though we have felt so fractured in our different congregations and in our conference, God's grace restores. Amen, huh? So we have weathered, we have weathered the pandemic and we are finding our way forward as a restored congregation into the future. We seek to be of consequence on behalf of God as an annual conference collectively linking arms and hearts and pocketbooks to do God's work. We seek to be of consequence in the local setting as well, that it would make a difference in our community that we exist, UMCWV. And of course, all of that is possible if we dare to ask God to be of consequence in our own individual lives. It all rests on that. The vitality of our congregation, the vitality of our conference rests upon the vitality of our own spiritual lives, the power of God within us, transforming our family, our neighborhoods, our world. It begins with each one of us. So thank you to all our delegates. They did an excellent job of, I hope, you feel this way too, of connecting you to the work, our connectional work of the conference that moves beyond the local church. We thank them for that and we look forward to how they may further bring the story of the conference into our local church's life in the weeks and the months ahead. Thank you.
You are invited to share of your resources via the instructions that will appear momentarily on the screens to help to support the ministries of Christ that happen through our congregation. Your generosity is necessary to keep us going, to keep us doing the good we do. So give generously and be part of what happens in the people's lives through the congregation of the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village. That was beautiful choir. Uh, for the bonus round, 
I'd, I'd like to ask those of you who are, are keen on music stuff, was that Debussy line in there that you kept riffing on? Right? Am I right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I get a cookie after worship. Thank you. I was thinking, I know that. I know that. That's a <laughs> that was beautiful. Well, the value of, of music education in junior high school, you have just witnessed. Um, Support it in your local schools. If you get the chance, it will come in handy as they grow older in life. We trust this service has been a blessing uh, to you all. God, God is at work through the people called United Methodist in the local congregation and in the California Pacific Conference. Together we are helping folk and we are transforming the world. Be a part of the excitement of this good, good work of living out the love of God and the love of neighbor in ways that make a real difference in each local community by being involved, you being involved in your local United Methodist Church, supporting the ministries generated by the conference. God is working through all of us, each one of us. Alleluia. Be safe, stay healthy, know that you are loved. Amen.